0: Hello, and welcome to Vegas Odds Football. I am your host, Daniel Ocho. In this episode, I'm going to be briefly recapping our week one picks, but more importantly, I'm going to be diving into our week two picks against the spread, giving some prop picks, some over-unders, just a big picture overview of the betting slate for week two of the NFL season. So without further ado, let's jump in. All right, so here we are recapping week one. Uh, I won't dig too deeply into our week one picks, but I will just briefly mention a big picture idea I want you guys to remember here. So last week I gave out a teaser pick, which was the Cincinnati Bengals minus six and a half teased down to a half point uh, and the Baltimore Ravens teased down to one or a half point, depending upon where you got that line. That's a six point teaser two team. You can get that at even odds or minus 110, minus 120 at most books. I am a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I took that teaser myself. It was my big bet of Sunday. And you know what I forget? And and sometimes I think a lot of gamblers are guilty of this. You forget sports gambling is supposed to be fun uh, and making money is generally fun. But you know what's not fun? Having to be in the unenviable position of not knowing whether to root for your favorite NFL team to win, my Steelers, in overtime or Uh, The Bengals to to pull through in a game that they likely should have had tied up at multiple occasions. How often do you lose a bet where the team you bet on scores with zero time on the clock? Because I, I lost one on Sunday by betting this Bengals team, teasing them down to that half a point. More importantly, just remember, don't put yourself in the spot I was in where there was a world in which my favorite team could tie and I could lose my teaser. So remember, sports betting is supposed to be fun. Don't tease against your favorite team, maybe, because it ends up being a brutal, brutal situation. Uh, And with that, let's move on to our week two spread and what a betting spread we have before us this week. Starting off with a Thursday night football game, I have the Chargers and the Chiefs In Kansas City, the line there is three and a half in the Chargers' favor. Uh, The over-under is 54 and a half, a predictably high over-under. The Chiefs and the Chargers came into this season as a lot of people's betting favorites for AFC contenders in the Super Bowl. MVP picks were very high on both Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. So predictably, these teams have a lot of hype going into this game. This is already, just looking at the slate, one of the better NFL Thursday games we're going to get all season. So I think people are going to be eager to throw some money down on this game, and I think they're going to be eager to bet the over in this game. I mentioned before that as a general rule, I try to avoid betting on these Thursday night football games, and the reason is simply that on short rests with injuries, there's just too much weirdness to a lot of these games. And also, predictably, a lot of these Thursday night football games have not been very good in terms of competitiveness, in terms of showcasing some of the better teams in the NFL. With that said, I do have a play in this Chargers-Chiefs game, and that is very simply the under 54 and a half. I know I'm always sort of uh, throwing water on the fire here, sort of trying to cool your your tempers, cool your mind when it comes to betting overs. And I'm doing it here again. Everyone wants this Chargers Chiefs game to be an over, to be a shootout. The Chargers are a loaded offense with Mike Williams. Uh, Keenan Allen's going to likely miss this game, but they have Eckler. They have a, a very loaded roster that we saw sort of mow people down, mow the Raiders down in week one. The Chiefs had Patrick Mahomes throw five touchdowns, not miss his departed wide receiver, Tyreek Hill. He was dominant front to back against what may prove to be one of the worst defenses in in the NFL this year, in in the Cardinals. So why am I going with the under here? You know who else was pretty damn good last week in both their games? The Chargers defense with Khalil Mack, with Dermon James, with Joey Bosa. JC Jackson missed that game. He may be coming back for this game. It's a little too early to tell, but if... J.C. Jackson is back in this game. I expect this over underline to creep down a little bit, even maybe by a point or a half point, in which case, jump on it now. One of the benefits of having the show come out a little bit earlier in the week is that you can hop on some of these lines a little bit earlier and get a little more value as opposed to waiting until the very end of the week and just catching the lines in a way that the books and the sharps have already got their bite of the apple. So in Chargers Chiefs Thursday night, my pick is the under 54 and a half. The Chiefs defense looked legit. They invested a lot of draft capital in this defense in the offseason. The Chargers obviously made some big free agency and trade plays for Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson. And now we're seeing that come to fruition. I think this Chargers-Chiefs game on a short week, no Keenan Allen, is going to end up being not the offensive showcase we're looking for. And ultimately, I think we may get that a little later in the year when these offenses have had some time to coalesce. But for now, take the under in Chargers-Chiefs. Moving on to Sunday's games. I'm going to give out a few picks here, but I really want to focus on what I think are going to be some of the better value picks here. We'll go through the lines and over-unders for each of these games, but just remember at the end, I'm going to tell you what my main picks are for this week. Let's begin with the Carolina Panthers at the New York Giants. The New York Giants end up beating the Tennessee Titans in amazing fashion Uh, Dable, first-year head coach of the New York Giants, makes an incredibly ballsy play by going for two, ends up winning the game by one. The Titans miss a field goal, and now they are hosting the Carolina Panthers. Baker Mayfield looked like a bum the first half of that Panthers-Browns game. He ends up playing much better in the second half. They end up losing in heartbreaking fashion on that last second field goal to the Browns. Baker's return to Cleveland is ruined, and now they're on the road against a Giants team that, that looked really good. Saquon Barkley looks like he's back in form. It looks like Daniel Jones can at least be competent eh, maybe well we shall see but for now uh, people seem to be enjoying the Giants here the over under in this game is set at 43 the line is set at two and a half in the Giants favor and I'll tell you right off the bat this line smells fishy to me why are the Giants favored by two and a half points against anybody right now I understand they had a big win last week they looked pretty competent and I think the Panthers will ultimately prove to be one of the worst teams in the league this year but I don't think the Giants should be giving points to really anyone this year I'm going to be keeping this bet in mind as I give out my big teaser for the week or a couple of my big teasers where we adjust the spread by six points. But just remember this Giants two and a half line. My lean here would be the Panthers money line. Even if I don't necessarily buy this team, I just don't think the Giants are really uh, a team that should be giving points at this point of the year. They've been perennial losers for about eight years and all of a sudden they're giving away points. Moving on, the New England Patriots at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, The Patriots are favored by one, minus one in Pittsburgh. The over-under in this game set at 41. Another low over-under. Think back to that Giants-Panthers game I just mentioned, which was 43, the over-under there, and another low spread. Uh, That was two and a half. This one's one. These are the kind of games that I'm targeting when I'm looking at my teaser set because the points that you can adjust in a teaser bet are more valuable in these low over-under games. And you know what else people love when betting these teasers is home dogs. Here, the Steelers are somehow catching points against a pathetic Patriots team that has Matt Patricia calling a disaster of an offense uh, that he doesn't even know how to call. This Patriots team made a transition to a zone blocking scheme in the offseason that reports are coming out they may abandon midway through the season if things continue to struggle with that offensive unit. Matt Patricia looks completely overmatched. It looks like Belichick may have lost a lot of the magic there. The Steelers lose TJ Watt after week one. They pull out a miraculous victory against the Bengals, former Super Bowl representative of the AFC, and they basically had to snatch that victory from the laws of defeat six different ways. Mika Fitzpatrick almost single-handedly wins that game for them, but in the process they lose. Maybe Najee Harris for this game, or definitely TJ Watt, who's going to miss a lot of this season with a torn pectoral. Looking at this, the Steelers' offense was just terrible. There's no other way to put it. Trubisky could not get in a rhythm. Uh, The entire team really struggled to finish drives. So I think people are sort of fading these Steelers as well, because in addition to their offensive struggles, in addition to their new defensive injuries, uh, the Patriots have sort of owned this team for the last 15, 20 years. However, I think that this Patriots team is in for a world of hurt. And my favorite bet looking at the slate this week is a two-team teaser, the Panthers plus eight and a half and the Steelers plus seven and a half. I'm adjusting both of these lines. I don't love the Steelers money line. I don't think you'll get the value there. But if I can get almost even odds on a Panthers plus eight and a half and a Steelers plus seven or plus seven and a half, depending upon where this line ends up, then I'm jumping on it because we get to one of those key numbers that we talk about in terms of three and seven being key numbers and betting the NFL. Uh, And we can get to one of those in a game where the over-under set relatively low. So we know the points are going to matter a little bit more there. I love Steelers plus seven and a half and the Panthers plus eight and a half in a two-team teaser. Keep that, cash that. That is my big bet of the week. Moving on, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go to New Orleans. Tom Brady's new NFC torture chamber since entering the NFC. The Buccaneers are Minus three on the road. Over/under is set at 44 and a half. Another low over/under here. I think this is largely to do with the Buccaneers' defense really showing out week one. The Saints projecting to have one of the better defenses in the NFL this year. They struggled to contain Mariota a bit in the early going, but that defense really locked down when it mattered. Towards the end of that game, they end up coming back from a 16-point deficit to win that game against Atlanta. And now the Bucks come back from putting a hurting on the Cowboys in primetime on Sunday night. And Tom Brady looks great. Julio Jones looks like he's going to be a difference maker here. And in looking at this game, I love the Saints money line. And the reason for that is this. A lot of times when you're looking at these three to three and a half point spreads and you're thinking about betting a, an underdog, you should really think about sprinkling a little bit or a bigger bet on the money line. Because if you're confident in a team to cover that three and a half point spread, uh, the estimated value of a money line bet is a lot of time going to get you more money in the long term than just betting those plus three and a half spreads. Because the money lines that hit, you're going to get plus 185, plus plus one eighty five plus. 190 on some of these money line plays or plus 200 in some cases. And over the long term, your return on those bets will be higher than whatever you may lose uh, in terms of the money line versus the spread in these plus three, plus three and a half games. So, always remember that. I'm buying into the Saints here. I'm buying into this defense. And you know what? For all the damage that the Tampa Bay Bucks did this week to Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, essentially shaking their franchise to its core, uh, the Bucks offense did not look that dominant. They didn't look that good. Even though Julio Jones looks like a difference maker, they already have more injuries to their offensive line, left tackle gone now. They're in a shaky situation, the Bucks. And Brady has already struggled with two superior rosters playing the Saints team over the last several years. So give me the Saints money line at home this Sunday. Next up, the Jets at the Cleveland Browns. Uh, The Cleveland Browns are six-point favorites. The over-under in that game is set at 40. Another one of these low over-unders man, it's really going to be, I think, a a wonky week in the NFL, just in terms of finishing drives, scoring, probably going to see a lot of turnovers this week, just something to keep in mind if you're looking at some of those props that you'll see on FanDuel or DraftKings. very often, you'll see these uh, any quarterback over .5 interceptions a lot of times you can get relatively good odds on those, or if you parlay a few of them you can have a fun little Trubisky Jameis Winston interception parlay which cashes at pretty good odds just something to keep in mind there, but the Cleveland Browns come off a last second Win. I'm sure that makes the whole franchise feel relatively vindicated for shipping Baker Mayfield out of town after he looked completely pedestrian throughout that game. Now they have Jacoby Brissett, who frankly played horrendous last week. Despite that, the Browns defense, which I think is one of the stronger units in the entire league, really kept them in that game and and really allowed them to make the play to ultimately win that game by way of final second kick. And now they they take the New York Jets who are led by Joe Flacco, a team that looked like one of the worst offensive units in the NFL this past week. We don't know what this offense is really going to look like until Zach Wilson comes back. But for now, this Joe Flacco-led version of the team just doesn't look formidable. It doesn't look like a team that can really sustain drives or finish drives, more importantly. We saw some high leverage drops by the Jets. We saw them struggle to get much in separation in the defensive backfield with their receivers. We saw their rookie running back, Brees Hall, struggle to hold on to the football. And I think things are trending poorly for this Jets team. But that being said, if this line climbs to 7 or 7.5, I love to take the Jets here. Uh, If I'm doing an against-the-spread play, uh, I would take the Jets anything higher than 6.5. If it stays the same, I'm probably going to stay away at at minus 6. But keep this line in mind because... Once again, this is another low over under total that we're looking at with a point spread that's in that anywhere from six to, to eight and a half range. So maybe we can tease this Browns team so we can get them at even odds with another point spread that we can think about as we get a little further into our picks here. Moving on, the Miami Dolphins head to Baltimore. Uh, this, I think, is going to end up being one of the better games this week, one of the more marquee matchups, Tua Tagovailoa and the Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Dolphins go into Baltimore to play a Lamar Jackson-led Ravens offense that really ended up putting a hurting on the Jets after struggling a little bit through the first two quarters. Uh, Lamar Jackson is playing for a contract now. He's on a revenge tour. He hits DuVernay for two touchdowns, Rashad Bateman for a huge play over the top, and he really airs it out. I think Lamar Jackson is really just going to be mowing down defenses this entire season, just showing why he should be paid an absolute shit ton of money in the offseason in terms of guarantees. And I think that they continue on this path. The Ravens are giving three and a half points to the Dolphins coming to town. The over under in this game, again, another low one, 43 and a half. This is a strange line for me. I think the Ravens ultimately win this game at three and a half. I'm not super confident they cover that line. I think that the Dolphins showed a lot to me last week, uh, especially their defense, especially their skill position players. They couldn't get much going on the ground against that uh, New England Patriots team. However, they were able to really convert a lot of their short yardage passes into long plays because they have so many extremely gifted skill players. So uh, give me the Ravens money line in this game. I will probably stay away from the total. If anything, maybe I'd lean on the over here, over 43 and a half, just because I think these offenses are both going to end up being pretty good. Uh, it may end up being a more high-scoring affair than we're expecting here, and I just want to root for fun in this game. Like I said at the top of this, sports betting is supposed to be fun, and in a game where I can see Tyree Kill run really fast, and Jalen Waddle run really fast, and Lamar Jackson run really fast, give me the over, even though it's not always the highest estimated value bet. Moving on to our next pick, the Washington Commanders at the Detroit Lions. This is another weird line for me. The Lions are minus two and a half, hosting Washington. And listen, the Commanders struggled in that game. Carson Wentz looked at one point like his NFL career maybe headed towards the garbage pal. He threw two terrible interceptions. They were just backbreaking. He looked like the Carson Wentz of old. And then you know what? He showed out in the fourth quarter. He made a couple of extremely impressive throws absolutely airing it out to Jahan Dotson, uh, to Curtis Samuel, to all these guys. The guy has a hose. He, he always had a hose. He's always really good in terms of moving around outside the pocket. It's just he's a complete bonehead and does a lot of stuff that makes, I think, the locker room itself not like him. Uh, and now he may have found a spot for himself because Carson Wentz has an opportunity to redeem himself here in Washington. And seeing the way he played last week was extremely impressive to me in the face of two turnovers that may have foreshadowed him losing that starting job over the course of the entire season. The Lions also impressed the hell out of me. And the reason for that is that they were down big to an Eagles team that was really projected to just beat the piss out of teams this year. They have one of the best rosters in the entire NFL. Um, the Lions very easily could have rolled over and lost that game. Nobody would have really thought second about it. But Zastan Campbell-led Detroit Lions are one of the better against the spread teams of all time. All they do is cover spreads. All they freaking do is cover spreads. So when I see this line at two and a half, I have to think there's a reason here. And you know what? I'm not betting against the Lions, against the spread, anytime soon. Because this team, all they do is cover. They're relentless, even when they're down big. um, Most of the time, they've done that as an underdog. In fact, this may be the first game that they're favored in uh, since Dan Campbell took over as NFL head coach. I don't have confirmation of that, but it's got to be the first or second time it's ever happened. Uh, I'm a little wary of taking them as a favorite uh, because I haven't seen it yet. But I'm keeping an eye on this game and maybe pairing it with that Browns game as a potential teaser candidate. With uh, this over-under set at 49, that's another low enough over-under total where if I can get any underdogs from that 1-3 to range, I will absolutely tease it because the value is there. You're crossing a key number and getting past 7. So my second big bet of this week is likely going to be the Browns teased down to even. They just have to win. And the Washington Commanders teased up to plus 8.5. So... Washington Commanders plus 8.5. Browns just need to win another relatively big teaser. I'm going to throw two units on that one as opposed to the four-unit play I mentioned before with that Steelers teaser and, and the Panthers teaser I mentioned earlier. I'd also love two units on the Saints just because I think that's going to be a really fun game and they're likely going to win outright against the Bucks. Moving on to the 4 o'clock slate, we have the Atlanta Falcons at the Los Angeles Rams. Rams are giving 10.5 points. Over-under is set at 48. Uh, We don't have to dig too much into this game. I don't think it's going to be super competitive. The Rams really came out and laid an egg against the Bills. Matthew Stafford looked completely lost. He made some terrible, terrible throws. This offense looked stagnated at times in lieu of Odell Beckham, and they sort of need some electricity to, to come in this offense. Cam Akers can't even get on the field. The Bills defense, I think, is just really good, and in all likelihood, that was an aberration that we're going to see from from this Rams team. I think this Rams team is really going to come together as the season progresses, end up being one of those NFC true contenders that we last saw them at when they won the Super Bowl last year. This offense may take a little bit of time to settle in, and they could have reinforcements coming from uh, veterans who get cut situations. Everyone wants to be in L.A., wants to be playing for McVay. They have problems, real problems, with that offensive line, with keeping Stafford upright, Um, but I think think that Stafford is going to be able to get past that, at least this week, with a Falcons team that didn't roll over. The Falcons, most people projected as being a top two worst team in the NFL. They're gunning for that first overall pick, but you know what? They really competed last week. They were up 16 in the fourth quarter. Marcus Mariota played a hell of a game. He didn't throw a touchdown pass, but he rushed for 70 yards. He he moved the sticks consistently, getting the ball to those skill makers, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, uh, Cordaro Patterson. These are really exceptionally gifted skill players, guys who can do stuff after the catch. And the Falcons did a phenomenal job. I can't wait to dig into the tape this week and watch some of their play calling because just in what I was watching uh, the highlights and just peeking into that game throughout the day, they were running some really fun interesting stuff in terms of play action, uh, running crossing routes with two of these studs like Pitts and London across the middle while they do doing a, a wheel route from Correll Patterson, just some really fun stuff from that Falcons team, the way they're using Mariota. I think that continues a little bit, but I don't think there's any way that they cover this 10 and a half. I think that the the Rams look to send a message and bury this Falcons team at home this Sunday, the first four o'clock game. Next up, the Seahawks at the 49ers. I have this line at eight and a half in favor of the 49ers. The line is a little bit early here because we're recording this as the Seahawks are playing their Monday night football game. But how can anyone tell me that the 49ers should be giving points to anyone at this stage? Trey Lance looked like he didn't belong on a football field. I understand that uh, this last game against the Bears this week was an absolute slop fest. You almost have to throw it out when assessing both teams, but you won't convince me that this Seahawks team is not within eight and a half points of this Niners team. For me, this is a slam play. Uh, the over-under in this game is set at 42 and a half. I don't even need to tease this line. I love the Seahawks getting eight and a half points. I think the value is so much higher there. If you're telling me I have to rely on Trey Lance, who looked at various points like he could not complete three passes in a row, and a 49ers team that lost their number one running back is gonna have to rely on Debo Samuel to consistently sustain both their passing and their rushing games, then yeah, I'm not doing it. I- I'm not trusting the Niners I'm not trusting them minus eight and a half points because that is insane next up Bengals at the Dallas Cowboys we don't know what the Dallas Cowboys are going to look like this line on the board right now is the Cowboys plus six and a half over under in this game is set at 43 and a half Dak Prescott's gone the Cowboys looked like an abomination on offense even before Dak Prescott was gone Uh, but that defense that Dallas has put together over the last couple of years, uh, when they tanked, or didn't really tank, when Dak got hurt, they ended up with a high draft pick, they got Michael Parsons, Micah Parsons is a superstar, the type of superstar that can carry a defense that can really end drives for the other team. We were just talking about TJ Watt with the Steelers. That's the kind of player that Micah Parsons is to me. And that Cowboys defense really looked incredible versus Tom Brady. They were giving him fits. If only that offense could have sustained drives in any meaningful way. I like this Cowboys offense to bounce back in lieu of Dak this week with whatever journeyman they, they throw out there, a quarterback this week. It's not going to be a fun or a popular bet to bet the Cowboys at six and a half this week. But I think that the Bengals are going to struggle a little bit in the early season. And we saw this Bengal team last year lay eggs when they were first starting to put together sort of what this team was going to look like. I don't really want to bet on the Cowboys or whatever journeyman is going to start a quarterback because I won't feel good about it. If the Cowboys are down two scores and they can only muster a field goal at halftime, I'm going to be down on myself and be really angry at myself for most of the day. So, my alternative there is, I'm going to sprinkle some props in this game. Things like, Cowboys defense score touchdown. I don't know what the odds are that prop hasn't come out yet. Anytime touchdown score, Cowboys defense, I love that for two reasons. Number one, Joe Burrow has shown consistently that he is willing to turn the ball over. He turns the ball over at an extremely high clip for a guy who is thought of to be one of the more high-level players in this league. And the Cowboys defense scored a ton last year. With guys like Trayvon Diggs, Uh, they still have him on that team. He got burned a lot last year, so... His regard has sort of gone down in the league. Despite that, despite all of that, I love the Cowboys defense. Anytime touchdown score, you're going to get insane odds. It'll be fun. If it does hit, it's going to be a thrill. Let me tell you. Let's move on now to the Texans at the Broncos. This line have the Broncos favored by 10 and a half. The Texans are going to Denver. Another home game for the Broncos or their first or home opener with Russell Wilson, at quarterback over under in this game is set at 43 and a half. Why are the Texans getting 10 and a half points? What does this team have to do to prove that they are a legitimate competitive team with Davis Mills? Since this guy took over a quarterback, he's consistently kept them in games, even if the rest of their team has looked like a disaster. I think Davis Mills is relatively legit, but the fact that he's been leading this sort of dog shit Texans team for two years has people underestimating him left and right. The Broncos, as I said before, they're playing right now. I can't say what they look like on this Monday Night Football game. But what I can tell you is, I think that the books are giving them way too much credit. They're buying into this uh, Russell Wilson hype, or they're hoping that people buy into this Russell Wilson hype. Give me the Texans plus 10.5. This is a competitive football team. Even if they're not world beaters, I think they can cover this line of 10.5 on the road in Denver next week. Now, the very last of our four o'clock games is the Arizona Cardinals at the Las Vegas Raiders. Over under in this game is set at 52 and a half. The Raiders are six point favorites in this game. And the Raiders really struggled offensively this year. They looked out of sorts. They had a lot of bad turnovers by Carr, sacks by Carr. Carr threw some overthrows to Devontae Adams. Ugly, just ugly plays by them. And I think part of this is this McDaniels offense, new offense, first year head coach, first year uh, sort of calling games now as the main man in Las Vegas. And by contrast, we saw this Cardinals team take an absolute shellacking at the hands of the Chiefs last week. The Chiefs starters didn't even need to play in the fourth quarter. They were just beating the shit out of this Cardinals team that was a one seed in the NFC through the first seven weeks last year. People forget that. What a fall from grace. And now the last two games we've seen from the Cardinals here, they were getting blown out by the Rams in the playoffs. And most recently, they were getting blown out again by the Chiefs at home in Arizona. They head on the road Versus the Raiders, a Raiders team that is looking to avenge a pretty bad loss to their Chargers opponents where they couldn't really sustain drives. I think that the Raiders get things right this game. Uh, This line is set at six. It feels like too many points to me. But I think I'm going to take the Raiders here. I don't usually like to bet these six-point favorites. Uh, It doesn't feel right to me. But the fact the Cardinals are still getting six points until they stop getting blown out. I'm betting against them every week. I don't believe in Cliff Kingsbury. I don't believe in Kyler Murray. He seems to have a bad attitude when the team is down. He seems something of a front runner. I'm not the first person to say that. But give me the Raiders at home minus six versus the Cardinals. Now our Sunday night football game. I have for us the Bears at the Green Bay Packers. This is another ugly game, guys. Packers look like shit again. On week one, Aaron Rodgers struggled with this group of ragtag receivers they put together in Green Bay. And the Bears... Really struggle. I think that Justin Fields completed eight passes this past week in a slot bowl that they ultimately won. But now they go on the road against the Packers, over-under in this game set at 43.5. It is a a 9.5 point spread in the Packers' favor. Give me the Packers here. I think the Bears are getting somewhere. At least last week seemed to me a step in the right direction, even if it was something of a throwout game. This is going to be a funner game, just in terms of ostensibly entertainment-wise. Darnell Mooney is going to catch the ball. I think the Bears' offense will make some plays. But the Packers are going to be on a revenge tour. They are going to want to make a statement. And do you know what Aaron Rodgers likes to do, in addition to doing ayahuasca and being a general weirdo? He also loves to kick the shit out of the Bears. Last year was the year he told the Bears fans, I own you. And you know what? He's absolutely right. All he does is beat the shit out of this team. And a few years ago, this Bears team almost beat him on Sunday Night Football. He got hurt. He came back into the game and essentially just pulverized them in the second half. I expect this will be the same thing. Packers are going to be, again, trying to prove something here. Uh, They don't really have any receivers, so I'm, I'm not sure why I feel good betting them. But until such time as Aaron Rodgers proves otherwise, I'm taking him against the Bears at every opportunity. Moving on to our double header of Monday night football games. First up, the Tennessee Titans at the Buffalo Bills, another huge spread. 10 points in the Bills' favor. Everyone is fading the Titans. The Titans played the Bills very tough last year, so I'm a little confused as what this is all about. 49 and a half. I think people are just hopping on this Bills bandwagon after they look like the best team in the league by a wide margin last week, kicking the ever-loving shit out of the Rams on Thursday night football. They come back from 10 days rest, a little bit extra rest, and they're, they're hosting the Titans this time as opposed to last time these two teams played. The Titans upset them on Monday night football in Tennessee. I don't think the Titans are going to go softly into that sweet night or whatever the saying is. I don't think this Titans team is just going to roll over because uh, everyone's picking against them. They play ball control pretty well. They have played this Bills team pretty tough, this version of the Titans at least. So this 10-point line just seems too high for me, even for a Bills team that I'm high on that I think everyone is high on at this point. Give me the Titans plus 10 at the Bills week two NFL Monday Night Football. This game is at 7 p.m. Then they have a second game. I'm not sure what this is all about. The second game at 8.30. The Minnesota Vikings against the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. Eagles are two-point favorites. uh, 52-point over-under. I don't know what to make of this line because I think after week one, the Vikings and the Eagles are sort of darlings in terms of what they did offensively. Both teams really ran some fun stuff. The Vikings seem to unlock Justin Jefferson in a way that most people who watch the sport can only dream of seeing a guy with that level of talent get wide open like that by just scheme alone. Incredibly impressive debut by Kevin O'Connell and the the Vikings coaching staff. And now they head on the road to the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that really gave it to the Lions. They sort of took their foot off the gas in the fourth quarter of that game and made it much closer than it actually was. But at home, Eagles, Vikings, give me the Eagles minus two. If you guys remember from a few years ago, Minnesota Miracle, um, the Eagles host the Vikings in the NFC Championship after that Minnesota Miracle and just pulverize them. I think that there are some, some bad juju here for the Vikings in Philadelphia. I don't think they exercise those demons in this game. Jalen Hurts continues to progress as a passer. A.J. Brown continued to look like a stud. This Eagles team looks different to me. They have a Super Bowl contender feel to them. Their defense is really good. They really can control the ball with that rushing attack. All those running backs. Vikings proved a lot to me, but I'm not all the way there with this team. I don't believe in them as that high-level, Super Bowl-level contender yet. It remains to be seen whether they can compete with some of these teams. And until such time as they excise some of those Philadelphia demons, give me the Eagles minus two at home. Those are our picks for week two of the NFL season. Uh, Track these bets, make these bets. Let's have some fun. Let's make some money this weekend and be sure to check us out next week with our week three picks. Thanks as always for listening and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye now.